I've known Tolstoy for years. I had no idea he was a horse. My name's Will. And my name's Steve. You haven't got time to read War and Peace. Even if it is one of the greatest novels of all time. 587,000 words. 612 grams. That's the weight of the book. 500 characters. 361 chapters. Three volumes. Two epilogues. And a collection of maps. We're going to summarise all of it for you. This is War and Peace in just seven years. <laughs> Steve. Will. Welcome. Hello. Hello. And welcome. Hello and welcome to you, Will. It's a lovely day. A lovely day for a good podcast recording. If you're sitting at home, it's a lovely day to listen to a lovely good day of a podcast recording almost certainly <laughs> it's a great day for episode 42 Amazing. of war and peace in just seven years 42 <gasps> the meaning of life wow allegedly 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 we cannot confirm or deny that we cannot and we won't we won't we won't but let us know if you think that this is the meaning of life this episode you're yep. about to listen to if you listen to it and you have an epiphany and you give up your job and you become a baker or maybe a some sort of sailor or a candlestick maker yeah follow your live stream and go into the candle industry <laughs> let us know let us know because really that would be a great outcome i'm sure it'd also be quite a great story but in, enough of that will enough of that that's fair <laughs> will yep what happened last week such a great question it has begun that's what happened last week it's begun what's begun actually well what has begun (laughs) you keep keep telling me but what what has begun it's such a good question i don't really know i just think that small battle begun but everyone was so excited about it beginning maybe it's bigger maybe it's bigger than us maybe it's bigger than the book or maybe it was just a small battle that andy pandy and bag ration and the lads were involved in there was a steep deep dip There were cannonballs. Well, whatever it is, Will, it has begun. It has. And now it has continuing. It will. It has (laughs) will continuing. Onwardsing. Onwards. The reading. That was a remarkably stupid collection of words you said there. Sure. <laughs> I'm just trying to push the, the English language forward, that's all. I know, mate. Onwardsing. <laughs> Camlet. Remember that coat from last week? I've been thinking about it all week. Brown coat, six buttons. Doesn't get snazzier than that. It's a woven fabric that might have originally been made of camel. Oh, hence the cam. Or camel. goat. Less, less Makes less sense, given the name. I'm, yeah. I'm going to go with the camel theory personally well otherwise it would be called a goatlet which is a great name (laughs) (laughs) oh you couldn't fetch me my goatlet could you i can't leave half my men in the woods i beg of you i beg of you from camels to goats well done lads (laughs) (laughs) ah cheers That, that sounded nice i needed that God, all this war stuff is about flanking, isn't it? So about flanking on the left, flanking on the right. What's happening in the middle? Why do we never find out about the middle? <laughs> extreme left, extreme right, centre, doesn't matter. <laughs> Does nothing happens in the middle, completely empty. 
Goats are naturally curious. <laughs> That's a funny sentence. They like discovering the world via their mouth. They do. Listen, if you guys know any goats, you might want to recommend the podcast to them. Sure. If they're naturally curious, they'll love it. Sure. Absolutely. <laughs> Left. Left. Oh, Left. God, it's back to that. Right. Left. Right. Left. Right. <laughs> Left. Right. It says that. This is a direct quote. It says left six times. Right. <laughs> Does the quote end with, no, not that left, the other left. And then the next page, left, left. <laughs> and then slightly later, left, left, left. I like goats. The horse's croups began to sway in the front line. Bleat. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Can we do a podcast on goats? No, Will, we cannot do a podcast <laughs> on goats. And you cannot suggest any more podcast ideas. The reading is over. Oh my god, Steve, I just clicked on feral goats. Steve, you've just read a bit of book two. Please tell me everything about it. But first of all, congratulations. Thank you so much, Will. Congratulations to you for finding out all that goat-related stuff. Thank you. Give me one fact about feral goats then. You pop goats outside in the woods, they will go feral in a heartbeat. You must be so proud of yourself. I am over (laughs) the moon. Okay, so last week we were kind of like in a battle. It had begun. The battle had begun. Yeah. Well, I'm glad to deliver on the promise. It has in continuing the battle. (laughs) (laughs) It's not going to catch on that, that saying. It has in continuing. It continues. How was the battle going last time, Will, to your recollection? Oh, there was stuff happening on the left and the right. It seemed like it was going fine. They did a little retreat at the end, which they like doing, so that would have made them happy. Uh, but I feel like there's loads of French people there. Yeah, some, somewhere in the middle, maybe maybe kind of good, possibly. Maybe good, hard to possibly say. bad, hard to say. Well, things have taken something of a turn. There's acrid smoke everywhere. It absolutely stinks. Oh, that's because that lad set fire to the village just for a, for a lull. Oh, yeah, I think, I think it's partially that. There's a a huge village fire in the distance but also <laughs> yeah. all of the guns that they use they just produce loads of smoke oh, such a shame it's like when you're frying a, a you know bacon in your kitchen smoke everywhere that should really get you in the mood if you've ever fried bacon if you have or if you've ever set fire to a to a piece of paper sure so there's smoke everywhere andy pandy and bag ration they are riding around they're riding closer and closer to the front line oh, brave and um as they go, they're, they're seeing different stuff on the way. Wow. Do you want to have a guess of the sort of things they're seeing, Will? Absolutely. Shirtless men dancing, eating <laughs> okay, porridge. Sure. Okay. Ham strewn about the, the battlefield. Yeah. I can see why you guessed those things, but to be honest with you, that was earlier. That was, that was <laughs> further away from the front line. We're closer right. now, so things are different. It's like okay. peeling open the onion. Ah. Now we're at the, the delicious core of the onion. The sweet onion centre. They began to meet wounded men. One with a bleeding head and no cap was being dragged along by two soldiers who supported him under the arms. There was a gurgle in his throat and he was spitting blood. Oh, Oh. awful stuff. Awful stuff. So, Will, I'd like you to try and channel your inner Dr. Lorraine now. Yep. Give us a diagnosis on on this man. Um, What do you think's happened to him? He's gurgling. He's spitting blood. He's got a bleeding head. Okay. What's the prognosis? Well, I mean, has your head always been bleeding? Good question. (laughs) That's what I'd like to... I'd like to find out that straight away. Challenge the assumptions. Yeah, the gurgling. Well, I mean, have you recently 
drank blood. <laughs> could be. Okay. Could be that, of course. All right. I mean, to me, he seems fine. Give him a sit and a rest. Pop his hat back on. Get out there and enjoy yourself, son. Maybe a small spoon of cream of tartar. Give the lad a ham sandwich. Pop <laughs> his helmet on and let him get back to the fun. Well, actually, a bullet had evidently hit him in the throat or mouth. Wowzers. Okay, how the hell is he alive? A good question. So that's one guy. Another guy was walking sturdily by himself without his musket, groaning aloud and swinging his arm, which had just been hurt, while blood from it was streaming over his great coat, as from a bottle. That's such a shame. Getting that blood out of that great coat is going to be a nightmare. Oh, absolute nightmare. You're right. So what's happened to this guy, Will? He was playing tennis. (laughs) (laughs) Served so hard his arm fell off. It's tennis elbow. Well, (laughs) it's it's the worst case of tennis elbow I've ever seen. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Dr. Lorraine. It's fine. Could be true. We don't really know. It's all that Tolstoy tells us is that he had that moment been wounded. Ah, guess we'll never know. But it's not all bad, Will. They also met a crowd of soldiers, some of whom were unwounded. Yes, get in. That's good. And they're all dancing. They're all dancing. (laughs) They're all doing um, dances. The Daniel Cooper. So we're at the front line now. And um, you might be surprised to hear, but it actually turns out the Russian troops are in somewhat somewhat of disarray. I am shocked. Some were using their ramrods, other putting powder on the touch pans or taking charges from their pouches, while others were firing though who they were firing at could not be seen for the smoke which there was no wind to carry away. Oh, now hear me out here, Steve, but do you remember that incredibly rubbish TV show Lost with the smoke monster? How could I forget Lost? <laughs> right? Maybe <laughs> they think the smoke itself is the enemy. Okay, well, it's uh, it's certainly something I hadn't thought of. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why we do this podcast together, right? We bounce ideas off each other. I read bits of the book. Yeah. You interpret them in terms of Lost, the TV show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or, of course, they could just be bad soldiers. Didn't Lost end, and sorry, this is a spoiler if you still haven't finished Lost. <laughs> yeah. But didn't Lost end with it all being a dream or something it like that? It was all a dream and they'd all died. Yeah. Well... I'm going to be furious in seven years if that's what's going on here. Absolutely furious. Andy Pandy wakes up and realises, oh, cool, blimey. It was all a very, very long and very specific dream. He's already had one dream. It could happen. That's a Will and Steve prediction. War and peace is a dream. <laughs> it's all a dream. Uh, yes, yeah, so there's there's a pleasant humming and whistling of bullets overhead. Pleasant? Yeah, apparently. Pleasant sounds really nice. Jesus, it's a weird book. <laughs> So this is why everyone is slightly confused. The commander of the regiment, a thin, feeble-looking old man with a pleasant smile. Yeah, it reminds me of you. <laughs> oh, thank you. This, this bit's like you. His eyelids drooping more than half over his old eyes. Yeah, fine. Giving him a mild expression. Yeah, that does sound like me. He rides up to Bagration and welcomes him as a host welcomes an honoured guest. Come on in and have a turtle burger. So essentially what's happened is here on the front line, been attacked by the French cavalry. They beat them back, but half of the men died. Half of the men died. Wow. And they kind of have the impression that there are some French people up ahead in a hollow. They can't see them, so they're just shooting. Just keep shooting. If you can't see the French, (laughs) assume they're there. Just keep shooting, lads. Keep shooting. So half the men are dead, Will. How do you think Bagration takes this news? I think he takes it well. You're absolutely right. Because <laughs> he's a madman. They're all crazy. So yeah. yeah, he takes it well. Great. You know Bagration well. Yeah. He absolutely loves this news. Do you know what? It's just great news. It's great to have yeah. some good news. Half the men, you say. <laughs> yes. <laughs> great. 
His face expressed the concentrated and happy resolution you see on the face of a man who on a hot day takes a final run before plunging into the water. What a metaphor that is. He is over the moon. He is joyous. He's ready. It's such a beautiful, lovely day. He's going for a swim in all the blood. I love it. Half of them are dead. Yes! Bagration starts shouting some orders. He says, bring down the six chasseurs. Good shout. You bring them down, would you? <laughs> I'd bring them down, mate. Get them down. Get them down. Get them involved. They'll enjoy themselves. They'll have a good time. Just at that moment, the smoke clears <gasps> and they get a good view of the French on the hill opposite. All smoking really big cigars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> big Tobacco is the sponsor of the French Smurf army. <laughs> You heard it here first. <laughs> They've got to pay for this war somehow. They do. Uh, someone in Bagration's suite says, oh, they march splendidly. Oh, I love the way the French move. And there's a bit more evidence as well for the for the Smurf theory. <gasps> Go on. Here's a quote. One could already see the soldiers' shaggy caps. <gasps> mm. Yeah, Smurfs wear white caps. Whoa. We're not going to come down too hard on either side of this theory. We're just putting the facts out there and, you know. That's it. We're just reading stuff from the book. We're just reading the book. You can't have a go at us. We're just reading the book. Is it a coincidence that they're dressed in blue? They've got shaggy caps on? Who else does that? We're just asking questions. The six chasseurs have arrived. They're being led by one of the lads from the wattle shed. Lovely. Specifically the one with a fine round face and a stupid happy expression. (laughs) He sounds absolutely brilliant. (laughs) At that moment, he was clearly thinking of nothing but how dashing a fellow he would appear as he passed the commander. What the hell's wrong with these people? There's no time for thoughts like that. What is going on? With the self-satisfaction of a man on parade, he stepped lightly with his muscular legs as if sailing along. Sometimes this book really does just (laughs) blindside you, doesn't it? It's not over yet, Will. Okay. It was as if all the powers of his soul were concentrated on passing the commander in the best possible manner. It sounds like he's on the bloody catwalk. (laughs) Just hearing hearing hot house music as he as he struts in front of him. Vogue it, baby. Oh yeah, I look good. He's happy, he's feeling like he's doing it well. Yeah. On every step he's repeating to himself, left, 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 left. Give Strut, it your best pose, left. Turn. Twist. Slay queen. <laughs> unbelievable. It's unbelievable some of this stuff. So that's the commander. At that moment, a cannonball flies, lands right in the middle of the six chasseurs. Oh, Lord. Quite a few men are killed instantly. Okay. But they step around them and they continue jauntily. But no time for that. Strut on. Bag ration cries out, well done, lads. (laughs) Nice one. (laughs) They got exactly half. (laughs) So that's fine. And they reply, glad to do our best, Excellency. (laughs) Came a confused shout from the ranks. Suddenly, Will. (gasps) There's a shot. Uh-oh. What's happened? It's killed. What? Someone that we know. Oh, my God. Someone that we know of has been killed. Just like that. Such is war. That That is war. Oh, my Lord. Uh, is it? Is it bag ration? Is it bag ration, Will says? I mean, is it? It's not Pandy. Prince Andrew. Andrew Pandrew. Is it sweet Andrew Pandrew? No, come on. It's not. It's not. It can't it? be. No. No, it's not him, Will says. <laughs> Steve. No, it's not him. Steve says. Oh, God. Steve, you're confusing the hell out of me. <laughs> Who's dead? Several of our men fell. Among them, the round-faced officer who had marched so gaily and complacently. The wattle shed guy. Round-faced is dead. 
You know someone's going to die, though, when they get a real big part right and they get really built up, they're having a great time. It's like in TV shows and films. And then the next second, they're dead. I don't want to speak ill of the dead, but I would say that Roundface didn't necessarily take the battle as seriously as I as I would have thought he should. I think some of his priorities were slightly misplaced. I think so. <laughs> Everyone wants to look good and walk well uh, and Absolutely. feel their best. And I, I, I support that. Feel confident. Yeah, you've got to be confident in yourself, but yeah. <laughs> maybe not yeah. on the battlefield on the front line. So his head gets blown off or something like that. <laughs> oh, Jesus. All right. <laughs> well, I don't, it doesn't specify, but okay. it's instant. So it's instant. So it's probably something pretty bad. Yeah. He's dead. Bagration looks around and shouts, hurrah! Bagration's a psychopath. Along the line, everyone shouts, hurrah. Hurrah! They got him! Old roundy! Well, I think it's a sort of call to arms, right? Because then they all kind of like gallop off. There's some sort of battle uh, on horses, but they don't tell us about it. We don't get the specifics of it, which probably is for the best. Yeah, I'd love to see horses fight, though, one-on-one. Well, would I love to see that? No, I think it would be horrendous. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. I agree with Tolstoy on that one. Yeah. Careful what you wish for, Will. Oh, no. So we don't get to see the specifics of that battle, but we I can tell you what happened. Uh, it went pretty well. Thanks to the attack of the six chasseurs, it meant that the Russian right flank could retreat. Oh, thank God. We love retreating. We've got a little retreat in there, so I'm happy. Sometimes you've got to attack to retreat. Absolutely, mate. I love, I love a retreat. So other stuff's been going on as well at the same time. Shulas Tushin, he's been really pounding that village with um, artillery fire. Incredibly handsome man, no shoes on, mop in each hand. Just setting fire to that village over and over and over again. Unfortunately, though, on the left flank, it's not such great news. Go on. The Pavlograd Hussars were simultaneously attacked and outflanked by superior French forces <sighs> and have been thrown into confusion, so they need to retreat as soon as possible. I don't blame them. I don't blame them. Bagration tells Zerkov to go and deliver the order to retreat to the Pavograd Hussars on the left flank. And if you've got time, Zerkov, do feel free to do a couple minutes stand up. <laughs> Just, you may as well. Exactly. So Zerkov, what we know about him so far is that he's really looking to improve his stand up routine he is. as much as he can while being at war. But his passion in life is his comedy. <laughs> his comedy means a lot to him. Yeah. When he's given this order, he's like, Yes, bag ration, absolutely no problem. I'll go and do that right away. And he and he starts galloping off. Popping on his clown wig and his little red <laughs> nose. <laughs> but no sooner had he left bag ration than his courage failed him. Oh. He was seized by panic and could not go where it was dangerous. Stage fright will get the best of us. Look, I can't really blame the man because it is a crazy situation they're in. Heads getting blown off left, right and centre. It's a literal nightmare. So rather than going to the front of the left flank where the order needs to be delivered, he bottles it and he goes instead right to the back of the left flank. Ah, Zerky. And sort of hangs around. He doesn't deliver the order uh, to retreat. It's quite nice at the back of the left flank. From privates to general, they were not expecting a battle and were engaged in peaceful occupations. The cavalry were feeding the horses and the infantry were collecting wood. How deep is this flank? 
What? Is it like a couple of miles between them? They're just playing chess, having a cup of tea. You think about it. We were there a minute ago at the front line. People's heads are blowing up. People are dying all over the place. That yeah. accountant, he's probably dead. Yeah. We don't know. It sounds absolutely brutal. Go back a mile or so. They're all just having a chat, having a ham sandwich, petting the horses. <laughs> sounds great. Nicky Rostov is there. Ah, oh, good old Nick. Welcome back. He's back. And there's also a general and a German colonel having an argument the general wants the colonel to send his horses into the wood before the French get to the wood. But the German colonel doesn't want to send his horses to the wood. No, my horses are staying here. Yeah? All right, mate? I peg of you yourself not to mix in what is not your business. <laughs> and it's phonetically like that in the book, so I have to read it like that. <laughs> it's happened to me before. Yeah, this isn't a Bond film or something like that. It's not. That's what it says in the book, so I'm reading it. You've done well there. Great, great German accent as always, Steve. <laughs> Thank you. He doesn't want his horses to go to the woods. He's just not having it. Not, no thank you. No, he doesn't. Uh, and how would you persuade this this man if you were the general? I've read enough of War and Peace, know the answer to this. I'd get out either a whip or my sword and threaten <laughs> to kill someone. Ah, uh, but he's your superior though. Oh, offer him an apple perhaps or a small piece of delicious cheese? All excellent ideas. <laughs> what they actually settle on is a sort of staring contest. Ah, yes, just stare. Stare until you make it. The general and the colonel look sternly and significantly at one another like two fighting cocks preparing for battle, each vainly trying to detect signs of cowardice in the other. Keep on staring until he blinks. Oh, you blinked. I win. By the time they finish their staring competition, the French have actually come into the woods. They've got the woods. They've killed all the lads that were picking up sticks. Excellent. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. so it's all completely <laughs> yeah. uh, pointless. It's all pointless in the end. Who won the staring competition out of interest? Really, to be honest, Will, no one won. (laughs) That's a a fair answer. The staring contest clearly has uh, affected the German colonel's confidence in some way. It would do that, wouldn't it? It would. It would do that because you were just staring into someone's eyes whilst all your men were were murdered in the woods. Yeah. Yeah. So his his confidence has been knocked a little bit. Um, And unfortunately now, the only way for them to kind of escape from where they are is to go through the woods. That's why it was important to get the woods. Yeah, we needed the woods because actually (laughs) you're going to kick yourself. We're we're always going to go through the woods. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. See why it was important. So they've got to attack them. The German guy gives the order, but unfortunately he just doesn't deliver it very well. Stage right again. The troops of the left flank, infantry and hussars alike, felt the commander did not know himself what to do. And this irresolution communicated itself to the men. They're losing it. This is a this is a bleep show. Suddenly, Will. <gasps> suddenly, a voice rings out. I am Tolstoy. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> okay, fair enough. A voice rings out. Forward! With God, lads! Denisov coming over the hill. Weddy! <laughs> At a twat! Forward! <laughs> I love this guy. Is he saving the day? He's whipped him up. They're off. He's leading the charge. Denisov, you absolute legend. Yeah, so they start running. They're attacking. They're riding towards the French. Hurrah! Came a roar of voices. Hurrah! And now we're going inside Nikki Rostov's head. Wow. Let anyone come my way now, thought Rostov, driving his spurs into Rook, which is actually Darren, and letting him go at a full gallop so that he outstripped the others. Ahead, the enemy was already visible. 
Rostov raised his sabre, ready to strike. But at that instant, <gasps> the trooper, Nikitenko, who was galloping ahead, shot away from him. <gasps> How is it I am not moving? I have fallen. <gasps> I am killed. Who's killed? Rostov asked. <gasps> is he dead? He was alone in the middle of a field. There was warm blood under his arm. <gasps> Can something bad have happened to me? He wondered as he got up. And at that moment, he felt that something superfluous was hanging on his benumbed left arm. Oh, is it like a bit of tomato ketchup? Well, Will, I would like you to apply your medical skills to this to this injury also. Um, are you sure your arm wasn't bleeding to begin with? Well, you know, <laughs> uh, are you sure? Are you sure? Okay, could be a pre-existing injury. Yeah, I think you're all right. It's a good idea, Will. Thank you. It's not, but thank you. But there's actually something very seriously wrong with his hand. It, would t- it turns out. Has he sprained it? <laughs> uh, it doesn't say, but he, he examined his hand carefully, vainly trying to find blood on it. Where's the blood on this hand? Okay, well, really take a deep breath now. <gasps> Please, listeners at home, this is the sh- most shocking bit of the book so far. Oh my God, I'm not ready. There's no easy way to say this, Will, so I'm just going to come out and say it. Okay. But Darren... Oh, Rook. God, no. Darren has been shot in the head and is dead. <sighs> Darren the horse. Yeah. Let's take a moment to remember Darren. I think we should. He's dead now. Good lad. Rest in peace, sweet stallion. Genuinely the saddest moment of the book for me so far. Same. Beautiful, wonderful Darren. We knew so little about him. Rook, some called him. Some did. <sighs> And for what, hey? And for what? <laughs> exactly. And, and for what? For, for this pointless what? war. Yeah. One beautiful horse dead. Animals don't go to war naturally, apart from ants. Horses <laughs> just should be hanging around in a field, eating yeah. bits of stuff they find, galloping on across hills. Yeah. Not this. Eating apples. He's eating apples in heaven now, Will. Horse heaven. He is. He is. So we've lost Darren, but are we going to lose Nikki too? Don't worry, Will. Help is coming. Ah! Here, there are people coming, he thought joyfully, seeing some men running towards him. They will help me. (laughs) Hang on, they look like Smurfs. (laughs) In front came a man wearing a strange Sharko and a blue cloak. Oh, Nick's been captured. Yeah, you're right. It's the French. He hasn't been captured yet. So he thinks, why are they running? Can they be coming at me? And why? To kill me? Me, whom everyone is so fond of? (laughs) He's such a narcissist. (laughs) Also, to answer his questions, yes. Yes to everything you said. Yes. I'm really popular. Why would they kill me, the French? (laughs) That's not not fair. I've sprained my wrist. He remembered his mother's love for him and his families and his friends and the enemy's intention to kill him seemed impossible. I don't understand. My friends love me. But but I've got a nice house. But perhaps they may do it, he thought. And do they? Okay, well, so it's the end of the chapter, nearly. What's your prediction? Is Nikki Rostov, A, going to be captured? B, killed? C, someone else? D, <laughs> your choice? <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I like this multiple choice option. Just keep it yeah. loose. Keep it keep breezy. It yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I can't imagine they'd kill him, Steve. He's got friends and he's popular. So that, that doesn't sound believable to me. His mother loves him. Yeah, How yeah, could yeah. they kill him? He's got a nice house. So he stands still for a bit like a rabbit. They're running towards him. Then as they get a bit closer, he throws his gun at some French guy. Nice. That's a good... (laughs) Stop it! Just go away! Then he jumps in a bush. Yep. And he runs away. Do you know what? 
I would have done quite literally the exact same thing. I cannot fault him. No, I cannot fault him at all. Well played. Well played. As he runs off, he thinks, no, there was some mistake. They can't have wanted to kill me. No, I've got, I'm so <laughs> cool that they would have known that it shouldn't have hurt me because I'm really cool. Sure, too cool. Anyway. <laughs> well, I'm not, it's not even running away because they weren't even going to because I'm really cool. So it's fine. Running away. Goodbye. It's the summary summary. There we go, Steve. You gave me an awful lot of info. Stuff happened on the left. Stuff happened on the right. Darren, <sighs> dead. Bag ration, psychopath, literally doesn't care that half his men are just being murdered, slaughtered, doesn't care. These battles are a lot more complicated than the, the parties of book one. They are, but right? I tell you, there's a lot going on. The only thing that was tough in the parties was the type of food they were eating. It was hard on the digestive system. And the names, to be fair. The names yeah, and all the names. Quite hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The names are very hard. A new name every sentence. Yeah. All right, I'm ready. All right, then. Got a new timer this week. Oh, so exciting. We haven't done timer stuff in months. What I is know. It? It's the Taylor Registered Trademark Kitchen Timer. Absolutely fantastic. I'm so excited, Steve. I cannot wait. Okay. In three, two, one. It has continued. Darren is dead. Goodbye, Darren, my old friend. We hope you're galloping in heaven. Also, Nick hurt his arm and now he lives in a little bush. (laughs) There we go. Beep, beep, beep. Very relaxed. You were kind of taking a casual walk there. Confidence. I was almost cocky during that. That was kind of of a bit arrogant, like like the Russian army. I think it was... It was pure arrogance on my part there. I do <laughs> so, apologise, everyone. So <laughs> calm, so relaxed. If anything, I'm sorry to Darren. I could have continued his eulogy on for a bit more. Say a few more words about Darren Will to make up for it. You lived life to its fullest. You galloped and jumped where others would merely trot. And, yes, and yes, beautiful. You had a good mane. Yes. Uh, you had a very good tail. Excellent. Well, some one of the best. And you were brave. I feel a bit sad after all that, Will. Yeah, I'm, I'm super sad. Darren's dead for, for Pete's sake. How can we go on? How can we go on? This war stuff. God, what is war good for, Steve, hey? First, Darren, what will be next? Janet and Mr. Bobbins? Oh, if Mr. Bobbins and Janet go, <laughs> what's the point? One of them's got to survive to tell the stories of uh, <laughs> I thought the war. To their... I thought you were implying that one of the horses survives to write the book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. yeah yeah okay another good prediction that a lot of you will be surprised to hear this but tolstoy yep is actually mr bobbins yeah there you go see you <laughs> next you week <laughs> see you next week thank you for listening to another episode a sad episode of war and peace in just seven years we're sorry about darren the passing of our good friend but why not uh oh, it seems it, it seems it seems so shallow to now so ask crass. it seems shallow to us for reviews in the same sentence but it's what darren we really would must have, it's what darren would have wanted so please write us some reviews get on our instagram at wapin 7 podcast i'll be sharing some of our recent reviews on there they're absolutely lovely thank you so much yeah. darren will be smiling down reading them do it for darren hashtag do it for darren <laughs> Here are the city bits. <laughs>
Okay, let's read this book. <laughs> it's not a video, Steve. What are you talking about? What book? <laughs> oh, I'm holding up to the camera. <laughs> you are. Shame you can't see you that. moron. It's War and Peace. It's got a woman on the front. Oh, don't do this. This in was, come on. <laughs> it's amazing cover. Really good. <laughs> Who is this woman? Is that Anna? Who knows? <laughs> and, and, then, and then Nick does a kind of flying cartwheel and oh. then throws a ninja star, but the other chap oh. blocks it and does a backflip and then pulls out a shotgun and then Denisov throws a tomato at him. Wow, God, that would be good. (laughs) Tolstoy pulls his big beard off and it's just a horse. Just a full horse (laughs) face. (laughs) Bobbins! Bobbins! Yeah, that would be incredibly shocking. I would be surprised. I'd be, I'd be, I'd, I'd go as far to say I'd be terrified. I would, I would scream. I'd scream. I don't think I'd ever sleep again. I don't think I'd ever stop screaming. <laughs> Robins. <laughs> Goodbye, Darren, my old friend. <laughs> In the bed of someone sleeping. You're sleeping, and you're a horse, and yeah, it's sad, but you're a horse, and the sound of silence.